0: ready to tap into the minds of the founding fathers of SEO. Rocket, rocket to the next generation of Search Engine Optimization 3.0 with traffic that will put your website into a head-on collision. Decades of combined SEO expertise give their take on the world of SEO. Now, here are the princes of PageRank, the heroes of HTML, the sultans of search, the SEO, SEO rock stars.
1: Rock stars rock stars we are back folks a rolling stone gathers no moss so we've been rolling around this is chris boggs your lead seo rock star du jour from web traffic advisors and i'm joined with my favorite co-host frank watson how are you today frank i'm doing pretty well mate uh how was pubcon for you guys well, we've both been rolling around and, and gathering knowledge, right? We can't just uh, sit around and, and not learn anything. And PubCon was uh, epic. It was really great. Uh, I've been to PubCons over the years, and I've been to a lot of search conferences, but there was something about this one in, in the air and in, in the level of uh, content that was being presented and the networking conversations. It was just a constant uh, learning experience, actually. It was so learning that I basically had very little time to party. I think I only partied once or twice, so uh, it, was, it, was, it went very well. Yeah, well,
2: usually you can tell how much fun you have at a conference by the Facebook pictures, and I didn't see too many of those
1: this time. <laughs> it's also sure the not. emails that go out in the morning, you know, when you're on an East Coast schedule. It really uh, helps. But uh, the content, as I mentioned, was good. There was a lot of great discussion, and also... Um, um, you know, the, the sad story of Dana Lukadu was uh, brought to a lot of people's attention. Alan Bly-Weiss, uh was able to have the stage at a few large events. And, um, you know, um, announced Dana's Fund, uh, which is danasfund.org. And uh, Dana Lokadu is uh, someone very near to our industry who had a biking accident uh, about a year and a half ago and unfortunately succumbed to the injuries recently. So uh, check that out. Um, It was a great – I think it was just one sort of the side uh, that it was – it was throughout the rest of the show. You could tell in the conference, you know, that our industry is tight knit. But uh, in topics like this, when someone's lost, is when you really can tell uh, how tight our industry is. Yeah. No. I mean, Dana was a phenomenal person. I've been
2: on a couple of panels with her over the years, and her knowledge is really good. She's always quick to help people. You know, was to help people and. I remember her saying that uh, during a bunch of the rehab, she was listening to uh, Webmaster Radio, which is a nice little nod to us. But uh, she she kept up on
1: what was going on in the industry very much. Yeah. So check that out at danisfun.org. Now, on the… On the brighter side of, of things, there was a lot of great information, as I mentioned. Now, Frank, you were mentioning some good ways to find it for those people that couldn't <clears throat> attend PubCon. Uh, obviously, the Twitter hashtag PubCon is a good way to to find links to information that, of, of the topics that were covered. But what else do you say, Frank?
2: Yeah, no. Slides, SlideShare.net. If you go there and do a search for PubCon 2015, you'll get a lot of the PowerPoint presentations. A lot of people put them up there to share. People that can't attend various events, but there's a, a really big list of uh, PowerPoints that were given at the uh, conference. So if you didn't make it and you want to catch up on some stuff, they're they're pretty intuitive and they're pretty worth you know
1: it's worth your time to go and have a look at them. All right. Also, we had a couple people reach out over the last few weeks over Twitter and personally at PubCon, so thanks for reaching out and finding out when we're back. Well, we're back. Today is the 13th of October. We're going to get right into our topics. uh, We're happy if you're listening live and happy if you're listening on a podcast. The first topic is from techli.com, T-E-C-H-L-I.com, and it is the aptly named article, 12 Tips for Cheaply Ramping Up Your SEO now, um, there are some good tips on here, and I, I, would, I would consider them kind of uh, the high-level best practices. Um, before we get into that, uh, I think that the article style itself is something that I've seen a lot recently, and I think itself is a way to cheaply ramp up your SEO, is by going out and getting a number of experts within a particular industry to submit one or two thoughts on what they think is best for something, and then you put together an article and you publish it, and then lo and behold, they all share it and all their friends love it, and voila, you have I'm not saying anything about the quality of this article in general. It's not It's not a knock, but I'm, I, as a topic, I think this, this is kind of a, a growing uh, style of, of ways to try to not only um, get content in a way that's uh, unique, obviously, because it's coming from 12 different authors, but also that has the ability to automatically draw um, some sort of buzz around it. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's very cleverly done. And, and like you said, this seems to be the way that uh, – a smart
2: sort of BuzzFeed like article that reaches out to major people in the space that they're gonna share you know socially and drive more traffic to it and hence you know getting ranked for it so in and of itself the it should be 13 tips and the 13 tips should replicate how I'm doing this and you may find that you'll get a lot of people within your industry to
1: share your stuff if you uh, you have a sentence or two written with a tip that they've given. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the numbers on this article, and maybe some of it's manufactured, who knows, but this is a larger number of... uh Facebook lights and tweets, you know, there's about 130 tweets. This was published October 5th. It's a week later. It's not huge. It's not like a out-of-the-park, you know, viral not, uh, success. But at the same time, that's good numbers, right? And if you can generate those kind of numbers consistently uh, through activities like that, it's going to help you obviously get more buzz around uh, your content. Now, the content itself, uh, as I mentioned, there's a lot of what I would suggest as um, – as high-level le- high but good reminders, right? I, m- one of the ones I like is leverage your contacts for links. Uh, it's kind of like the old school. When you start selling insurance, you have to sell your family first. Uh, but really, it, it does make sense. Um, which one uh, stood out to you, Frank?
2: Well, I, I like the idea of the focus on high-intent keywords because a lot of people don't do that. You know, they'll, and the example that they use here is you know, a keyword like widgets versus buy widgets. You know, where you've got more of a person further down the funnel, you know, people don't think of that. They always, you know, did a lot of the clients that I've done work for always go for those seriously high end one or two word keywords and don't realize that by adding things like buy or uh, review where you've got information can get you a lot deeper into the sales funnel
1: than just using those broader terms. Now, do you see a higher instance, for example, uh, if we put buy Nike shocks, um, I mean, are we going to see – pages and 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 page titles that have the word buy in it uh, I don't see them right but this is obviously a very highly competitive one but um, th- the way that we can dissect this particular topic from an SEO perspective is the use of the buy there or the targeting of the buy which yes of course is a lower funnel term and it's going to convert at a higher level ideally as- assuming you don't have you know assuming you're competitive um, point is th- optimizing for that term too then um, do you think that you know, using it in the page title or uh, increasing the amount of times that you use the word "buy" in prominent location with links uh, and so forth—is that going to help you to rank for that term, or is just the fact that you rank for widgets without "buy" going to, in in a lot of cases, carry you to the top for the the term "buy widgets"?
0: Yeah,
2: I, I mean, generally, if you rank really well for the higher term, then you you know, and you have the other terms mentioned. You, you get those uh, you know ancillary it's it's the reverse process of starting with long tail keywords and working your way down to the more you know broader single or two word phrases you know it's it's just something that people should be aware of you know and it generally it can be done effectively if you were, if you think in terms of you know the the added Keywords and you know there's a
1: lot of tools out there that you can use that can help you with that. Yeah, I just think again, just adding the word "buy." Maybe it's not the perfect example. Maybe there's some other lower funnel keywords that you could have a double value there. Because I, I personally love the idea of putting "buy" into prominent locations uh, because that would help your click-through rate potentially, right? Especially if, but I think that you're still going to need to do additional. Uh, I guess you'd say lower-intent keyword optimization in order to rank for those high-intent ones that that include terms that are so uh, bottom-funnel, like buy?
2: I mean, right now you've got the the seasonal, the holiday season coming up. So there's a lot of retail, e-tail companies that are out there, both for SEO and paid search, that are trying, for example, Christmas ornaments. You know, I mean, you can you can really, you know, Christmas ornament sales, those sort of terms where people, you know, at certain times of the year are looking for sales or coupons or you know discount codes and things like that. And a lot of companies don't realize that it can be at times easier to rank for those. And it's worth giving,
1: you know, a few percent off and a discount to, you know, to really drive more traffic. What do you think about number seven? I think it's a bit of an unlucky number seven on this one, and we'll close up with it on this article, but uh, use free backlink databases.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, you've got to start somewhere, and there's you know, there's a lot of places. You know, if you have a business and you're not listed in Yelp and All Square and places like that, you know, I mean, Google has, to a large extent, GAM a lot of these directories where you can, you know, that linked databases, whatever you want to call them, uh, but there's still, if you find the right ones that Google hasn't penalized, and and there's ways of searching to see whether whether or not they're ranking, you know, for particular things, uh, you know, do it that way find out if those linked places are worth the effort.
1: All right, well that's true. You've Got to test before you say nay. So check out that article over at TechChill uh, dot com. Is that chill or chilly? My eyes are getting old. Tech L.I. Um, tech L.I., That's right. Uh, Chihuly. Um And then, in in order um, to you know get better at your SEO, you might want to become better than Ryanair is because right now they're blaming Google for sending customers to scam travel sites, according to Quartz or QZ com. Frank, what do you think? Yeah, about I mean this? that one. That one I understand
2: what they're moaning about. It's because people there's this one company, eDreams, that just puts the company name in a subdomain, and then scrapes the content from various places, lowers the price slightly, and then whacks on a whole booking fee scenario, so that you know they make the money up that they lost. You know, or they give it away at the price that they're getting it, so they don't make their money there, but they get it in the booking fee. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's a lot of people that have been guilty of that. So,
1: but now it seems that in Europe, they're uh, ranking pretty well. So, is Ryanair the only one getting hit, or do you think no, there's just- others as well.
2: That yeah, there are. See, Ryanair's the biggest cheap uh, airline flights in Europe. They, you know, when my daughter was at. Um, you know, a semester abroad in Italy, she was constantly every other weekend flying somewhere for like 80 euros round trip to London or 50 euros round trip from Rome to Amsterdam, you know, those sort of things. So, I mean, it is they do have the most extensive into Europe uh, flights. So that's why they're the biggest. But there are other companies that do it. And these companies are as guilty of, of grabbing their stuff as they are Ryanair. But Ryanair is just well known. In Europe, so,
1: it's no two place. Uh, it's interesting that this is happening in Europe, and and it, in fact, the article goes on to say that the court of Hamburg ordered eDreams to stop using the subdomain Ryanair.eDreams.de, uh, but the subdomain could still be used on, on and advertised on Google with other domains like .net and .com. So, I, I just find it interesting that this is going on over there, especially in Europe, where they've been more progressively, uh, you know. Um, in defense of businesses and, and their brands and and, and and very anti-Google or anything that ac- Google accidentally allows to be indexed, right? So um, why do you think that this isn't happening in uh, the U.S., the similar kind of tactic? I, I think part of, that, part of that is due to the fact that, you know, the
2: U.S. stuff is a lot more spread out. There's far more airlines that are doing, you know, all sorts of different uh, approaches and they've got a lot more money. Ryanair is, a, you know, it's a budget airline, so they don't really have a big margin to play with, whereas American Airlines, you know, Qantas, whoever they are, you know, all of those, they have bigger budgets, they are better optimized, and the fact that Europe has all those differences, and it's interesting that the .de, you know, that was gave them the ability to rank well in germany so that they were you know attacking there they they're taking advantage of the national uh,
1: tlds in europe
2: yeah, which google he-
1: is using for ranking you know local stuff and their overall domain authority so that's a good yeah. topic hey listen we're going to take a break we're running late on our first segment but it's exciting to be back stay with us on seo rockstars we'll be right back with you You're listening to the SEO
0: Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm.
3: As the number one domain name auction platform, Namejet.com is the best place to find domains for your business or investments. So light the afterburners to the domain name aftermarket and fly over to Namejet.com at max speed to get great domains today. Namejet.com.
0: Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on WebmasterRadio.fm.
1: Oh yeah, we're back. We're still rocking. So let's get into some Google topics. Apparently, Google is still looking to add featured snippets into search. So last week, uh, one of the things that we witnessed in Vegas was Gary Illies, um, and it was quite an interesting uh, presentation, actually. A few people left early because he spent the whole first time kind of talking about Generation Y and Generation Z, and uh, it it was – kind of very um it was it's it's hard to describe what it was like other than a little bit ethereal right and people were like what the heck is he talking about but eventually he got into some more kind of searchy stuff but it it was actually well collected over at the bruce clay blog uh search behavior trends google's gary illies uh published on october 9th as well i'd suggest checking that out but Let's first talk about this article over at the SEM post from Jennifer Slegg, who was great to see last week as well. Um, Google is still looking to add feature snippet into the search console. Um, so he was asked during the Q&A portion what, what users might expect to see added into the search console in the, in the near future. Um, it's still quarters away. So it will be quote sometime before we possibly be seeing added, but to me that 's quite an important um, sign. I mean, we already have some tools in there that allow us to see micro data markup and and so forth. Uh, I think if you know he 's talking about that as being sort of on the near back burner uh, it 's just another sign uh, that we should be looking into making sure that we're using um, <clears throat> snippets and, and and as much micro data as possible frank
2: yeah it's interesting because there's another article and for the life of me i can't find it right now uh it may be over at search engine journal where they were talking about uh measuring the uh, answer snippets you know where uh, you know google puts up a website that has an answer to you know What's the difference between daylight savings and standard time or, or it's something like that or you know and it just comes up with a two or three sentence answer and then there's a link to the website there what they're trying to do is they've been asking Google to be able to have those numbers in there so they can measure whether the impact of the snippet on the click-through rates you know it's sort of like it's almost like the testing of Uh, organic and PPC, you know, where people say if you've got both up there, both the click-through rates rise so you get better traffic. They're trying to find out a way to be able to measure the impact of these snippets you know, or whether or not people are even bothering to, to click through, whether the answer's enough, which, you know, I seem to think is the case that, you know, a lot of the stuff that Google's putting up here in the way of answers, like, I don't need to go and check a football score at ESPN when they give me the score right there in the search result.
1: Right. Well, that's kind of why I'm going there. And as long as it's information that's freely available, uh, you know, we could sit there and argue that. But um, okay, so that's good. And uh, then yeah, but Google. See, the thing is, help. with these, uh, with a lot of this, Google doesn't have the information
2: themselves. They're taking it from somewhere else. And that, part of Google is search engines. That doesn't is,
1: block their site with a robot's text. If they wanted to, they could, right? And it's yeah, not but, private and, data. So, in other words. So in other words, we're,
2: we're paying a fee and that fee is that if we want to be in this Google search results, we've got to be willing to let them have full access to our information and for them to put it up as, as an answer that doesn't bring any credit to us apart from the fact that there's a little link there that no one's clicking on.
1: Uh, Well, I would argue branding, but we're getting a little off topic. I think maybe we should do a whole episode on that one because I think we could probably have a good conversation. Um, I I would still stand by the fact that I'd rather have my brand seen in there and I'd rather have a content index and and another path to my content than to just simply block it out of there because I'm afraid it's going to be viewed by someone and not actually click through. But Again, let's move into the other part of Gary's uh, because there's some cool coverage of it, of the Q&A also in that Bruce Clay blog post, uh, which again, once you get through all the Generation Y and C, which is actually pretty cool stuff uh, unless you're waiting to hear, you know, what's the latest in Search Console and what's Google doing about Panda, which is what everyone was waiting. He eventually got into that stuff and um, I think that, um, you know, the the part that was just covered – by but covered by Bruce the way um, that uh, Virginia put it and I just had it here and I've scrolled past it somehow. Uh, Search console, we're working on updating the indexes feature. Index data more accurate, more useful and probably also more examples of what URLs Google has indexed. So I think that's good. Uh, and then the other thing that he mentions or she mentions is that looking at bringing rich da- snippets in the analytics data, the way that Gary summarized it was They want to figure out how to present the numbers because they can be very twisted and it's quarters away. The other one that I wanted to call out in here, Frank, was uh, scraped content. How much of a problem is it for the original website? Gary thinks they do a pretty good job determining the content creator and serving that version over scrapers. Sometimes it doesn't work. If you're outranked by a scraper, in most cases, there's something holding back your site. I love that. So it's a (laughs) great – Great way to know if you might have a, you know, do you have some sort of filter on your side? Well, is, is scraped content outranking yours if you published it first. Clearly, well then there. Or, or the scraper just has more incoming links. You
2: know, I mean, there's a bunch of factors that that you know that can impact that beyond You're just right. the fact that. You may be doing something wrong on your side you just create really good content it, you know you push it out but you don't have the reach that the scrapers do because they've already created you know mega Facebook accounts and Twitter accounts and Instagram and everything else and they're linking and dribbling you know people to it you know it's
1: I think you're right that Frank. just shows how little he really cares yeah you know, I well, mean I he guess- doesn't say well you know Yeah, is it just kind of the old Google speak? Like, you know, this is the best case scenario that he's speaking in, but obviously it gets still beaten by certain other elements of its algorithm.
2: Oh, precisely. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, there's just, Google needs to, you know, they have a hackathon. What they need to do is have an event where, you know, they throw something up and here's the premise that, you know, this can't be broken and then have a bunch of the people that I know sit in a room and show how they can game the Google system. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's silly to believe that, you know, Google thinks that everyone's these angels and that there's something wrong on my website to create the reason why I'm not ranking better than these scrapers. The fact that they're scraping means that they've got a few black hat tricks up their sleeve and they're using other ones to help outrank the originator of the content. You know, the same thing, you know, we can say the same thing to Ryanair, learn how to optimize better and you'll (laughs) be fine. You know, as opposed to these other guys. You know, I mean, it's Google can have an answer for everything. But, you know, there are people that are playing the system that are taking advantage of, you know, people that are providing the good content and someone's coming along and, and copying it. And
1: maybe Google's not too hard on them because they seem to be doing a lot of it themselves these days. I find it funny also that Google is sharing stuff all over the world. Um, in fact, there's an update from October 5th that's exactly this topic, or similar to – actually, it's not exactly, but it's close to this topic. An update on how we tackle hacked spam, and it comes from googlewebmastercentral.blogspot.nl. So, I'm uh to of of Uh But recently, we've started rolling out a series of algorithmic changes that tackle hacked spam. Uh, website owners uh, that don't implement standard best practices in security leave uh, – uh, what happens, what these people do is uh, legitimate sites are hacked by spammers and used to engage in abusive behavior such as malware download, promotion of traffic to low-quality sites, porn, of course, marketing of counterfeit goods, and probably some foreign exchange. Right, Frank? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 Guilty as charged, my friend. <laughs> But so it, what it they're it saying they're putting problem. out a new algorithm that's against specifically this. So it'll be interesting to see. It says five percent of queries. No, see that's the thing. I mean that, that's a big
2: People number. have got to realize that those numbers, that five percent, that's you know usually we hear one or two percent, right, and that's big. Yeah, no, no. I mean that—that that was the funny thing about the old days when Matt Cutts would post something. It's going to impact less than one percent of all searches. Yeah, but when when hundreds of millions of searches are done every day, that's tens of millions of pages or you know millions of pages that are being impacted by a change that you make. You know, and that's the thing here. Five percent—that's huge. Yeah, and it's not going to be five percent of these. You know obscure content that's there that you know no one's really going to try and bounce off of because it's just sitting there you got to figure at least 50 percent of the stuff that's on the web when you do a search for widgets (coughs) and there's 500 million results you know that five percent is going to hit the top pages not those ones that are
1: sitting on you know one million i I rank one million for the term widget well, it's you know? funny. I mean, you're talking about 1 million, but they even show an example in this blog post of where some searches, some queries, only the most relevant so- results are shown, reducing the number of results shown to like down to a 7-pack or a 6-pack or a 5-pack even. So, hey, we got to take a break. So, I'm getting the call so, sign. Go ahead. quick One quick uh, thing, have you then we've got to break.
2: Yeah, no, but have you
1: been noticing that there are times when Google's not even putting up 10 results? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, other than the uh, brand 7-pack and stuff, I have seen some strange length uh, terms, uh, lists of returns. So, hey, let's take a break. We're excited about SEO. We'll be right back with you. Stay with us. You're
0: listening to the SEO Rockstars, exclusively on webmasterradio.fm.
3: The HOF also offers high-quality custom local citation building to improve search rankings in Google's maps and localized results. Providing fulfillment for some of the largest SEO companies in the world, The HOF offers link and citation building services you can trust. Get $20 in link building or citation building credits free by going to the Hoth.com slash radio. T-H-E-H-O-T-H dot slash radio.
0: Let's get back to jamming and spamming with the SEO rock stars exclusively on webmasterradio.fm.
1: Banging my head. Sounds like Darren Babin must have recorded a new background jam, huh? I can hear it. That's definitely Darren. Darren. Yeah, baby. Rock we'll back. We're we'll our last couple quick topics is going to be kind of a news section. Um, there's three different topics. First of all, Google, Pierre Farr has left <laughs> and gone afar. <laughs> um, for those of you that may or may not know who Pierre Far is, he is, according to Search Engine Roundtable, the well-known in the industry for working Google's Webmaster Trends Analyst team, um, has announced he's leaving Google. So um, he's going to start his own agency, and it's – one of the things that he said is that he won't be giving out any secrets. Uh, I've already had a few questions, some jokingly asking me to disclose confidential Google details and plans. Not going to happen. I would not share things I do not – I know about Google just like I won't share a client's confidential information. So please don't ask. Of course he can. I I can't even imagine the uh, non-disclosure and non-compete that he's under.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, that's part of it, but he also knows more intuitively than any of us that haven't worked for Google in any capacity, just, you know, certain elements that, you know, have more importance than others. You know, they're not going, he's not going to hand out, you know, here, do this, do this, do this. It's going to be, I do a few things and he throws in a couple that he knows will work effectively, you know. I think there's some funny comments.
1: including yours <laughs> one way yeah. that you could get those secrets out of him
2: take him out for a serious night of drinking i'll have all his
1: secrets and by the morning well struck so um you know there's people that leave and uh there's some interesting comments but you know people have to go along and move along and obviously uh, there's been a few famous people as per se that have left google over the years and there's been famous people that have gone into google that we assume hopefully weren't lured into telling them all the you know dark hattery that they may have learned when they were outside so uh, <laughs> you know
2: the next- and uh our friend yost is uh Launching a uh, SEO training academy, which yep. is kind of cool. He's definitely uh, one of the people that I would not have had to of being very knowledgeable in the space. He's written the uh, plugin for WordPress, and uh, when the That's canonical so cool. tags came in, he, he was you know Google gave him the information so that he could create the tagging for WordPress
1: and for Joomla, etc. Magneto, I think. Magento. Yeah, I saw that. Um, that was actually what I was about to say. So you managed to read my mind. Uh, Yoast Academy, that's Y-O-A-S-T. I mean, certainly something that's become fairly ubiquitous uh, in terms of SEO uh, for WordPress. Um, you know, there's there's some other ways out there and there's some haters and there's people that think there's there's better ways. But in terms of like... You know, the standard and, and what most people should at the very least be on, it's the free Yoast, right? So uh, certainly a great uh, treasure trove of data there. Uh, another cool thing, speaking of treasure troves of data, is that disavowfiles.com has opened. And it's a free crowdsourced files tool that brings disavowed linked data to light. So Google isn't telling you, let's fix that, join for free. I think this is an interesting move, and um, I'm curious in terms of, uh, you know, if it could have any bad ramifications towards Google, the way t- Google Treats disavows.
2: I think more, more than anything, you know, to me when I first saw this, is uh, it's a great tool when you get a new client. You know, if you have a new client that you're doing SEO for that's had some problems and, you know, you don't know what the other people have done, you can run the site through here and if they've submitted any of the inbound links to be disavowed type thing. So, uh, you know, it's got got some potential as a tool and, and I definitely think that Google will be looking at it to see what sort of results. I think they'll be running sites that they've had stuff through to see
1: how accurate the information is what i could think i mean i could almost see someone giving themselves a false uh diagnosis of cancer right like when you're going to say you got a sore thumb or something and suddenly you read too many pages on the internet and you have thumb cancer uh i could see people coming in and using this tool and oh my god i'm on that list I must have you know, this and that. And it just so happens that someone else had just run a, a disavow of every site on their li- that backlinked to them because they did it wrong or something. And yeah, and ended up on that list. So I do kind of worry about a tool like this because it could lead to mass hysteria and panic in the streets uh, in, a, in a minor way, I guess. And the last yeah, thing we I want to do well
2: when there's mass hysteria in the streets, right? Yeah, that's the right. The more
1: mass hysteria, the more potential clients. And the last one. And by the way, no one paid us for any of these. It's just kind of a an editorial segment that Frank and I do every once in a while of new tools and news that's out there about new stuff. Uh, there's a thing at Link Assistant, um, which I know Lauren Baker's also uh, been talking about, uh, and it's uh, the SEO Power Suite um, is the the top nav there. But it's SEO in Practice is a free book, so. Uh, From my understanding and and from what I've heard about this, this is pretty solid in terms of Uh, fundamental. So if you have a team of people that you need to train SEO or you want to send someone a book and say, hey, read this, and so we can stop taking three hours every time we have an SEO consulting call, you know, this might be something uh, to look into. I'm going to certainly download it. Uh, Frank, uh, have you downloaded it?
2: Yeah, I I downloaded it. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but uh, it's sort of, it's about 180 pages, you know, which is about the length of uh, Aaron Wall's uh, old SEO book. So <clears throat> yeah, we need another one of those. We need you know, something that at least, like you said, covers the basics so that you can hand it to a client or you can hand it to someone new on your team and go, hey, work your way through this so that you know, you're better informed when
1: we sit down and talk about what we need to do. Perfect. Hey, listen, we're running a little bit late, but it's been great to get back together. And we'll be back next with you on SEO Rockstars next week. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Don't forget to like us over at iTunes and iHeartRadio. Rock on, everyone.